You've got mail. Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's time to reminisce and relive the past here on the Nostalgia Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shriver, and I'm thrilled to be taking you on this journey down memory lane. Each week, we'll explore different topics that will transport you back in time. From high school memories, old technology, and past news events, to movies, TV shows, and video games that we all know and love. So whether you're an 80s, 90s, or 2000s kid, or you just simply love the past, this show is just for you. So join me as we dive into the past on the Nostalgia Podcast. Thank you everyone again for joining me for the very first episode of the Nostalgia Podcast, the first of many. I hope you'll stay with the show as we grow. Hopefully we'll cover all kinds of topics that interest you and bring that wonderful feeling of nostalgia that we all love to experience. So since this is the very first ever episode of the Nostalgia Podcast, let me kind of tell you what we're what we're going to do, what you can expect on this episode at least. I reserve the right to make any changes along the way. Okay, so let's talk about a breakdown of today's show, just so you kind of know what to expect. Uh, I want to start by giving a little bit of an introduction to me, so you guys know a little bit about me, where I'm coming from, uh, what I bring to the show, what my past experiences may be. Uh, I want to talk about the original idea I had for the show and what my, my future plans are. And also, we're going to get into a short topic for today. It's going to be a little bit of a short show, being that it's the first one, and it's just me. But uh, for this first one, the topic for today, I just want to talk a little bit about cartoons that I remember from my childhood. So I'll probably discuss maybe three to five different cartoon shows that I remember very fondly from um, growing up. And then we're going to end the show with a recurring segment that uh, I plan to do each week. Uh, we'll talk about um, the events that happened this week in history. We're going to keep it to within the past 50 years or so. Uh, so the reason I'm doing that is because I'm only almost, well, I'm 39. So not too, too old yet, but I want to keep it within uh, some events that I've probably at least heard about or uh, hopefully ones that I've experienced, but also ones that I've probably heard about. Um, so we'll keep it to within 50 years when we do that segment. Another segment, or not really a segment, but just something we'll be trying to do at the end of each show is I want to end each show with just some sort of audio or um, some some sort of sound or sound clip uh, that's just something that is from our past that I want to remember. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of an introduction. I'll spend a little bit of time just telling you about me and so you have an idea who I am. Uh, again, my name is Matt Shriver, and I'm 39 years old. I have one sister and basically uh, grew up in St. Louis, Missouri area, uh, specifically the town of Warrenton. Anybody knows where that is? Good job. It's about, I don't know, an hour west out of, outside of St. Louis, Missouri. So that's where I grew up. Um, mom and dad, my sister, we all grew up in a single family home. 
I went to Warren County uh, Schools. Um, currently, um, I live in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm a realtor. It's kind of my day job. And um, I would consider myself to be, even though I was born in 83, you know, I was born in 83, but I consider like most of my pop culture knowledge is 90s. So I consider to be, I, I consider myself to be like part of the 90s kids generation. Uh, there's not really too much I remember from the 80s, just a little bit too young being born in 83. So it's a little bit of the late 80s and then most of the 90s, which really sticks with me and was is what I would consider to be my nostalgic years. Um, things that I'm sort of longing for and remembering with fondness uh, in my late 30s tend to be from the 90s. Um, again, I went to school in a, uh, Warren, Warren County, very small rural uh, area of Missouri. Uh, I did have a few jobs growing up before I went to college uh, when I was in high school. I had jobs like a pizza worker, a pizza maker at Emo's Pizza. I actually sold luggage at a Samsonite store at the Warren County uh, or the Warrenton Outlet Center out there. And what, what, what other jobs did I have? Oh, I worked at Denny's for like one day before you know, I had to quit because that just wasn't uh, wasn't what I was looking for. Um, and then when I went uh, when I graduated high school, I went to college in southeast Missouri in the town of Cape Girardeau, and I went to Southeast Missouri State University, which is also known as SEMO, and I got my degree in French and education. So when I graduated, I went right into teaching French at high schools and middle schools around Missouri. And then uh, because of life situations, I uh, moved to Florida. And that's where I started teaching again in the state of Florida in Jacksonville. And then eventually I left teaching uh, after about 15 years. I just kind of wanted a change and I decided to go into real estate. So that's where I am right now. Um, my interest would be movies. I really love science fiction movies. I like horror movies, some comedies, even though I kind of think comedies from my generation um, from the 90s are the funniest to me. Yeah, I'm not really um, laughing too hard at current and, uh, you know, the most more recent comedies that have been coming out. It's not it's not really my type of humor. But, uh, yeah, I tend to, you know, uh, tend to find Chris Farley movies are kind of what I go to if I really want to have a good laugh. And his 90s movies are just hilarious. Uh, Black Sheep and Tommy Boy are just a few that I love to share with people. Um, okay, other interests would be video games. Now, a lot of people think that there's, you know, you have to choose Xbox or PlayStation. I am... Xbox right now just because that's the system I had uh, it was bought for me so that's what I play my favorite system of all time is probably the PlayStation 1 and so I used to be a PlayStation guy and I love PlayStation so I'm not one or the other and I also like Nintendo and Sega the old stuff you know so but right now I do play Xbox and but 
I wouldn't say I'm just solely Xbox. I, I do appreciate PlayStation as well. Uh, as far as TV shows, I really, again, like like movies. I like sci-fi. My favorite shows of all time are going to be Star Trek. Uh, Star Wars, as far as movies, Star Trek movies as well. But for as far as TV, you know what? Star Wars TV is actually getting really good too, so I can't discount that. But uh, yeah, I grew up on Star Trek. Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine. Uh, recently, I've gotten into and completed the Enterprise, and all the new stuff that's coming out for Star Trek is just really exciting, so we're probably going to be talking a lot about that on this show. Um, even though it's a nostalgia podcast, we might have a little Star Trek corner and talk about like the newest episode of Picard or something. So, uh, yeah, those are my interests, Sci- science fiction. I love technology, computers. I love podcasts, and uh, I like, as far as other hobbies, like outside stuff. Biking, hiking, swimming, things like that. We do have the beach that's pretty close. So, uh, anyway, that's a little bit about me. Now, as far as the future uh, plans for the show go, I do uh, plan to have several guests come on. Maybe not for each episode, but for most episodes, I'd like to have a guest or several guests come on to discuss the topic. Um, Also, I do plan on moving away, or not moving away from podcast format but in addition to podcast format also going to video um, and I'll be posting the audio version here and then the video version on YouTube so eventually once I get all the kinks worked out and all the technical things done and all set up with the video and all that it will be um, going on YouTube as well so those are just kind of a few small plans I have for the future but really the reason why I started this is just because I spend a lot of my day thinking about things from the past and I intentionally am nostalgic. I like the feeling of happiness it brings. It makes me relaxed throughout the day if I just take a moment and I try to go back and I try to put myself in a specific time. Like I'll say, okay, let's go back 15 years and I'll pick a month like uh, October and I'll try to think exactly what year that would have been who I would have been around, where I would have been living at that specific time. And then it just helps me. And then I expand the thought process, and I just try to remember all the details that come up up to my mind about that specific moment. And it helps you to really remember things that you haven't thought about in a long, long time. So that's just kind of how it started with me about just intentionally being nostalgic. And I just wanted to share that with others. And I'm Really uh, looking forward to speaking with my family on the show and also some friends as we dive into our deep uh, recesses of our memories and uh, bring back things that have been long forgotten. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get into our main topic for today, which I teased earlier, which is going to be the top three cartoons that I remember watching as a kid. So this list is just the ones that I remember very strongly growing up in the 80s and the 90s. Not necessarily a my top favorite three, you know, and there's many more cartoons, uh, animated series that I could mention, but these are just the top three that even to this day, I still watch these in some capacity and I remember many of the episodes Uh, But some of the other cartoon shows that I think are really good, there's just not much I remember from them. I just know that I like them. But these are the three that stick with me today. 
All right, coming in at number one, the top cartoon that I remember from my childhood is Teddy Ruxpin. Anybody else remember this? All right, so Teddy Ruxpin was, it was a cartoon, but it was also a animatronic doll that you could get with its partner, Grubby, and the doll the Grubby doll and, and the Teddy Ruxman doll could connect to each other via this cable. And you could plug in a tape, a cassette tape, into the back of the doll that went along with the book that told the same, pretty much the same stories as the cartoon. Same stories were pretty much in the, the books you could buy. You could also buy a little cassette with the book, or I'm not sure if they came with it, but you pop that into Teddy Ruxman's back and you press press play he would read uh through the story with you so you could be reading the words or following along as he as he acted it out his mouth would move his eyes would move i think that's it i think it's just his head was animatronic i don't think his legs or arms moved and he would speak so the cable that would connect him to grubby then grubby would also start acting out uh his parts of the book of the story so it was pretty cool. They would act together. You would have the Teddy Ruxman doll talking and then the Grubby doll moving. So it was really cool. It was like having the actual cartoon characters right there in your house. And as a kid, it was just so cool. And I remember I wanted a Teddy Ruxman so bad. And I guess they were pretty expensive. Right now, I'm looking at them online, just trying to see if there's actually any for sale. Because I actually had one. And it wasn't in very good condition. Like the eyeball was popped out and there was just, I don't think it actually worked. So we got rid of it. So online, Teddy Ruxpin looks like there's like an updated version of it. It looks awful. Like for the 21st century. So no, I'm talking about the original ones. <laughs> looks like you can find them used on eBay for about 25 bucks. Some, um, somebody selling one for 38 on Macari. So you can still get them. Uh, looks like some are going for a little bit higher. Probably the condition's going to matter. So 170 bucks I'm seeing is kind of the highest. Oh wow! I'm also seeing you can buy other toys. The airship that went along with the um, like that's what the whole crew flew around in. Newton gimmick, Teddy Ruxpin, Grubby, uh, the Fobs, Wooly What's It. So if you <laughs> If, if you know the show, you're probably geeking out like me. But if not, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But these are the characters. They flew around on this airship. If if you haven't, please go online. Check out YouTube and look up Teddy Ruxpin intro. It's one of the best intros for a cartoon series uh, ever out there. All right. What else? Teddy Ruxpin. Let me go to their Wikipedia and let's see what it says. So Teddy Ruxpin is an animatronic children's toy in the form of a talking Iliop. That's what Teddy Ruxpin was in the show. He was an Iliop. A creature which looks like a bear. All right, scrolling down. It's got a picture of him. Invented by Ken Force. And this was back in the 1985. So, again, I was about two years old, maybe a year and a half, when Teddy Ruxpin came out. So, he was around for quite a while before I... I guess I realized, because I don't think, um, I'm 
not sure how old I was when I would have had them. Maybe three or four or five. I was still in my first house. I can still remember having my Teddy Ruxpin in the house that I grew up in until I was five years old. So, yeah, I'm not sure the exact time frame, but he was around since 1985. I would have been one and a half or two. So he was out for maybe a few years before I got one. But I love the cartoons as well. Um, not only the the animatronic dolls, but the, the cartoon was just amazing. They had this character, Newton Gimmick, was the inventor on the show. He had glasses, and he was always inventing some crazy something. He had a reducing machine, which made things smaller. could flip it the other way. It would make things bigger. It could duplicate things. He did all kinds of weird stuff. Anyway, Newton Gimmick had a stutter. And I was so young and so impressionable, and I loved the show so much, and I like identified with Newton Gimmick, and I started speaking with a stutter, and my mom was like getting concerned, but I eventually, I guess I grew out of it, but it, there was a time I wanted to be Newton Gimmick so bad, I actually started um, imitating his stutter, and as a five-year-old or a four- or five-year-old, you know, you don't want your kid actually doing that, <laughs> probably, so you can understand my mom was like, what's going on with this kid? Why is he stuttering? And then she figured out I was copying Newton Gimmick. Anyway, she still laughs about it to this day. Um, luckily, though, I've grown out of my stutter. All right, let me see what else we got. So there's another Wikipedia about just the cartoon show. So let's see what we got. All right, so this was created by Ken Force. Again, the creator of the actual doll. He's created, uh, credited with creation of the actual show. There are two seasons, 65 episodes, and guys, this is so cool. Go on YouTube. The entire series is there. The entire series. To this day, I find myself watching Teddy Ruxpin as a 39-year-old man. And I remember the episodes back from when I was young, five years, five years old, five, six. I probably watched them until I was... You know, still played with the dolls and stuff and was getting into the cartoon for many years. So probably till I was almost 10, I watched episodes and I still remember them. I haven't seen them in almost 30 years. And I sit down in front of uh, my TV watching on YouTube and things are, come back to me like, wow, I actually remember this minor character or something's about to happen. And I can call it. It's like, wow. But that's how impressionable it was for me when I was um, that little. So here's some of the main characters. Teddy Ruxpin, voiced by Phil Barron, the protagonist of the series. He's a teenage Iliop, roughly 15. I never knew that. I never knew. I just never realized how old these characters were. Newton Gimmick, obviously, he's like an older guy, a human inventing. So you could tell his age. I never knew... Teddy Ruxpin was supposed to be about 15 years old. He's like on his own and he and he travels around Grundo, the land. So I'm I'm thinking he's probably like 20 to 30 years old. I don't know. So 15, whose father disappeared when he was a child. See, all this backstory, I really don't know because that type of stuff didn't stick with me. It was just more like the fun stuff, like going on the adventures. Tweeg was like the antagonist who was always shooting cannonballs down at Gimmick's house, which was like right next door, and somehow he could never hit the house. All right. 
Um, he comes to Grundo to follow a treasure map. Like other Iliops... Oh, by the way, in this map, I used to have a, a version of this map. They used to sell it in the stores. It was like a really nice plastic, thick plastic map that you could roll up. It was cool. It was a cartoon version. It had everything from the cartoon there in different places. You should look that up online as well. Google image search Grundo map and you'll see it. It's amazing. All right, so he's in Grundo. He found he's following a treasure map. Like other Iliops, he is kind and friendly. He loves adventure, meeting new faces, and having new experiences. Okay, so that's Teddy. Grubby, voiced by Will Ryan. Teddy's best friend, who is an octopede, having four legs on each side. So eight total. He's about Teddy's age. Again, I always thought Grubby was older. He's And plus they're voiced by grown men. And they don't really change their voice, especially if Grubby's not like a kid voice. So being roughly 15 seems a little off to me. Noted for his large appetite, he is fond of cooking and eating root stew. This is something else that I picked up when I was young. I would pretend to eat root stew. I would always talk about having root stew. And other foods made from roots, which usually do not taste good to non Octopede. Yeah, I remember everyone's trying Grubby's food. No one likes it. He's always trying to make some new dish out of the roots. Though not the bravest or smartest of Teddy's friends. Yeah, he's kind of a weird uh, scatterbrain or I don't know. He's just kind of out there. He always sticks by Teddy. But yeah, exactly. He's Teddy's best friend. So he's always by his side. There's like a couple episodes where they fight, which I didn't really like. It's always better when Teddy and Grubby are working together as friends. So third up is Newton Gimmick, voiced by John Stocker. And just about him, he's a Canadian voice actor. Another thing I found out is a lot of the production for this was in Canada. Um, going back real quick to the voice actor for Teddy Ruxpin, Phil Barron, a little bit about him. He's an American voice actor, puppeteer, and songwriter who voiced Piglet in Disney's Channel live action puppet TV series, Welcome to Pooh Corner. I don't remember that. He was also the voice of the title character in the popular Teddy Ruxpin. Okay, there we go. So he was also Piglet. And in Grubby's voice by Will Ryan, another American voice actor, musician, and singer, he provided the voice of Petrie in the 1988 animated film The Land Before Time. Petrie, oh, okay, the dinosaur movie. 1980, I remember this movie. Wow. I'm going to have to do an episode on Land Before Time. Uh, me and my sister, I remember watching this. There's some story there. I remember Land Before Time was something something big there. I'm going to have to ask my sister about this about Land Before Time. Why is that coming? I have some sort of nostalgic feeling about that. I'm just realizing it. So that I'm going to have to investigate. Land Before Time. All right. Anyway, moving on. Newton Gimmick, voiced by John Stocker, a balding Paraloon inventor with a severe stuttering problem. There it is. And a broad and otherwise questionable definition of science. Yeah, he could invent some weird stuff, but it was like, should you be doing this? Most of, invent and most of inventions either do not work or don't serve any real purpose. I disagree. If we had a duplicating machine, that would be awesome. I think the caveat to the duplicating machine was all the duplicates disappeared after a certain amount of time. So, like, it didn't work for food, 
because your food would disappear in your stomach. If you did it for money, the money would disappear. So I guess you would have to spend it quickly Newton, and then run out of town when people realized. Newton is also somewhat absent-minded, yes. He is usually referred to simply as gimmick. All right. Let's keep going. Those are the pretty much the main characters, the the, the protagonists. Let's go down to, I'm just going to real quickly go through the allies and then some of the villains. Uh, some of the allies were Prince Aaron. Yeah, I remember him. He had a sister. Sister was Princess Arusia. All right. Oh, it says Wooly had a crush on her. That's right. I remember that now. The Wooly What's It. Oh, man. He should really be one of the main characters. I really feel like Wooly What's It was a main character. A large, furry, purple creature who is not very bright. They say that a lot of, about a lot of the characters here. They're, they're all kind of plain, dim-witted, absent-minded, not very bright. Um, but that's okay. They're just silly. To, uh, to children, didn't matter. Uh, but he's very helpful and good-hearted. Later revealed to be a snowzo, a legendary Yeti-like species. See, I guess I didn't watch far enough into, into the episodes to realize that one. I didn't know. He was a snowzo. He is usually referred to simply as Wooly. So the Wooly, what's it? So I remember when they first discover him, I guess they really don't know what he is, so they call him a what's it? But then I guess the true species is snowzo. And I there's 65 episodes, and honestly, I am working my way through on YouTube trying to get to the to to watch all of them, and I just haven't made it into not even really episode. 40, not even into the 40s. So I haven't discovered the backstory of Wooly What's It yet. Uh, Leota, she's a wood sprite and a teacher. I didn't really like her. I thought she was kind of annoying, honestly. Moving down to the villains, there's like an organization called Mavo, which Twig and uh, all the other villains are trying always to be a part of. Um, there, it, Mavo is short for Monsters and Villains organization and it terror uh the members terrorize the land of grundo and they have like this supreme oppressor guy who's really uh crazy all right so let's keep going so ah okay here's twig twig is um the neighbor who lives by gimmick and is always trying to like destroy their plans <clears throat> his full name is jack w twig voiced by john Konings, Konigsgen, not sure how you say that. A troll or a grunge? Hi, oh, a troll grunge hybrid. That's right. There was trolls and then there was the grunge people. So he's a hi hybrid, a mix of the two. I, I kind of start to remember now that we met Tweeg's mom, who was a troll. And I guess the dad would be a grunge. I'm sure that's covered in one of the episodes about Tweeg's father. Um, in an evil wizard wannabe, yeah, he's not very good at it. He's always trying to be bad and impress the Mavo members or his mom even. Uh, he, let's see, he thinks he has a recipe to turn buttermilk into gold and is very suspicious and, and often spies on Gimmick, his neighbor front and Teddy and all the others from his tower. Yeah, that's right. He lives in a tower. Usually referred to simply as Tweeg. He has 
desperately wanted to join Mavo. That's right. He's not a member. So, because he's not like good enough to be a villain. Where his plans have often been ridiculed by the Grand Oppressor. That's right. LB. Oh, man. LB. Okay. Voiced by Robert Foxdale. Short for lead bounder. I didn't know that. Okay. So, there's um, bounders, these little red kind of creatures, two legs. This is like a, a head with a tail. You can imagine that. And two short feet. And then uh, they had like a horn. That's a bounder. So there's a bunch of bounders. And LB is like the, the head of them. So LB stands for lead bounder. LB is a sarcastic bounder who usually acts as Tweeg's henchman. Yeah, he's always like right by Tweeg. Always helping him. But always also kind of making fun of Tweeg and not really helping him. Uh, he does not show a particularly high degree of loyalty or intelligence, but has enough sense to know that Tweeg's schemes never work. LB constantly calls Tweeg by variations of his name. That's right. He never gets his name right. He calls him names such as Twix or Twizzle, much to Tweeg's annoyance. Yeah, that was just one of the running gags, always calling Tweeg the wrong name. Eleanor Tweeg, voiced by Abby Hagyard, a troll who is the mother of Tweeg. She supports his campaign and is good friends with Ickley Bagna Stocklum. I'm not sure who that is either, but that's his mom. All right, so those are the main characters. A lot of memories coming back. Like I said, I still watch it from time to time. Every once in a while, I'll pop on YouTube, maybe if it's late at night. Um, when I'm feeling nostalgic, just wanting to watch something, I'll, I'll pop that on and try to do an episode. Sometimes I like to go back and watch the ones I really remember and like. But then there's other times I'm like, no, I want to see what happens. I never finished the series. you know. And I think before I die, that should be one of my goals. Finish the Teddy Ruxman series. The first series I remember as a human. <laughs> watching all right let's finish up with just a few other details from the wikipedia page for the adventures of teddy ruxpin that's the official name of the series it's an animated series directed by chris shooten and the theme music composer is george wilkins the opening theme has a title it's called come dream with me tonight so, again, it's on YouTube. The ending theme is the same, except it's uh, instrumental, and there's no singing. Composed by Andrew Huguet. The country of origin is Canada and the United States. Or uh, uh, Original language, English, number of seasons, two. The first season covers episodes one through 35, with its... Final episode, um, the season finale for season one is Escape from Mavo. Teddy wakes up to see Wooly and Leota beside him and set off to rescue Grubby and Gimmick. That aired in February 8th, 1987. And then season two covers um, episodes 36 all the way to 65. It's final episode... Season finale for season two, The Mystery Unravels is the title. October 23rd, 1987. Interesting. I've never seen that one. There is a synopsis. I'm not going to read it because I don't want to spoil myself on, on that yet. 
Um, all right, let's see what else. Yeah, its original run date uh, was December 24th, 1986, was the first episode ever released. Okay, a um, little bit more information here just about the history of the series. It says, in mid-1986, Atkinson Film Arts of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, was commissioned to co-produce with Worlds of Wonder a 65-episode animated television series based on the world of Teddy Ruxpin characters. The series followed a prior attempt to produce a live-action series which had proved too difficult and expensive. Wow, that is incredible. These days, I bet that could work. They could do a live-action series, and with CGI, you know, they could really make this work. So it looks like they tried that, and it failed. And the animated series was uh, what followed. Atkinson was in charge of the principal animation and casting of the previous voice actors associated with the property, only Phil Barron, who does Teddy, and Will Ryan, for Grubby, traveled to Canada to remain a part of the cast. So it looks like the animated series was a Canadian production. Most other characters were recast with local Canadian talent. The series was originally intended to continue after the first batch of episodes. So the first 65, they're supposed to continue after that. But because of economic problems at World of Wonder, a second set of episodes was not produced while World of Wonder still had the rights to the property. It says, interest, re interest remains among the owners of Teddy Ruxpin and its fan base to continue the original story of the animated series which ended its 65-episode run in somewhat of a cliffhanger. Oh, my gosh. Seriously? I didn't want to read the synopsis because I didn't want to be spoiled, but now I hear that it's a cliffhanger. That There's nothing worse than that, especially like these days on Netflix when you go to start a new series. I don't even start a series unless I know it finished, pretty much. If I know it has an end and it's got good reviews, I'll start it. It's kind of sad when you start a series on Netflix you get into it, and then you realize, uh-oh, it ended two years ago. There's no more seasons, and you never know what happened. So now we know, or at least I've figured out. I didn't know this before. Teddy Ruxpin, it's a cliffhanger. They never finish the story. Well, maybe if I do get that far, <laughs> they will have brought it back. In this era of, of um, re- requels and sequels and all kinds of um, stuff that they're doing, bringing back uh, stuff from the past and redoing them or adding on to them, continuing them. Hopefully, maybe one day, there's hope for uh, a revival of Teddy Ruxman. All right. So that's my number one. All right, everybody. Like I said, I reserve the right to make any changes along the way. I'm calling an audible on today's episode, and I'm going to go ahead and stop now. It's already getting kind of long for my first episode, and uh, I think I'm going to break up the talk about the cartoons, since I did actually have a lot to talk about and say about Teddy Ruxman more than I thought. I'm going to go ahead and save the others for another time, since I'm pretty sure I'll have enough to talk about so that I you know, can save, 
I can do like one um, or two each episode. But on this first one, I don't want to go too much longer. So let's go ahead and end it here. But before we go, just a little preview of what's coming up, coming soon. I want to have my sister coming on the show pretty soon. It could be the next episode or maybe one in between this and that one. And we're going to be talking about our video game systems growing up. She's four years older than me, so we're kind of in the same age range that uh, you know we're interested growing up in things like Nintendo and Sega and all that. So I don't want to spoil too much, but just a little tease. We'll be talking about our video game systems growing up and our favorite video games from the pretty much the 90s, I guess it would be. And okay, that's going to do it for our very first episode. I think it was a pretty much a success just getting it made. So thank you guys for listening and we will send you or <laughs> still working on it and we will see you next time. Thanks a lot, everybody. And we're going to end the show with a few sounds from the past. Have a good week. So high.